Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of For Your Game. We are halfway through the 151st Open Championship over at Royal Liverpool. And one of the things that I find so exciting about watching the Open, the British Open as we call it over here, is we get to see such unique golf courses Links design golf courses, and we get to see the best players in the world hash it out of some very interesting locations. The heavy, long fescue, pot bunkers galore, especially at Royal Liverpool, and we see the best of the best have to be so creative and imaginative when they are playing links golf. So I wanted to check in with one of our favorite instructors. He's played golf all over the world. He has been a PGA member for more years than I can count. So popular on social media and TikTok. The one, the only PGA professional, Jay Golden. Good morning. Hi, thank you very much. Not only all, I've played golf not only all over the world, but in Brooklyn, New York. And Tiger Beach Golf Course, uh, that's it. Five hour wait. I get up four in the morning, and and you know something, Diker Beach Golf Course. I had I used to have a joke when there were metal spikes. You know the ground was so hard you had to change your spikes after each hole. But that's more like Lynx Golf because the ground it's like cement. But Lynx Golf is very interesting. Yes, Holly. Hard. Usually we see it. The courses are brown. Uh, you know, lots of bump and runs, Jay. But at uh, Royal Liverpool, they've had a, a fair amount of rain leading up to this championship. So we're seeing the golf course much greener than we have in past Open Championships. Well, not only green, but green means soft. Because brown means the ground is hard. Green means that it's soft. And, and I see a lot of shots going into greens now where the ball stops within five feet of where it lands, ten feet of where it lands. Though if it was totally hard, you know, firm, brown, those balls would be rolling 20, 30, 40 feet. So it's, it really is easier conditions. Well, we call Saturday moving day, and due to those conditions, some guys are creeping up the leaderboard here on Saturday, including John Rahm, who's had the lowest score so far, Jay. He went from 80-something uh, in the tournament on Thursday to now being in third place. So I think uh, even Rory McIlroy making some birdies early on here. Uh, Brian Harmon's going to have to hang on to his uh, hat and his golf bag. Yes, and as we speak, I'm, I'm here with Connor, who I'm giving a lesson to. And Connor, would you say I'm the worst teacher you've ever had? Worst teacher... No, that honor would go to my high school math teacher. <laughs> I well, love it. Well, thank you. So I'm not the worst teacher ever. But anyhow, uh, in terms of uh, Lynx golf, <clears throat> one of the things, and, and it was true at Tiger Beach Golf Course, you know, you, land, you hit it lower and play for more roll, not only around the greens, but even with irons and, and you know, hit low low draws even with a nine iron let it roll 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 and it's interesting that uh, when an american does that the uh the british open 
crowd applauds just by hitting a low rolling shot because that was the shot that they used for 300 years. You know, the low hook. If you take a look, look at some old photos of the old St. Andrews swing. The ball is played on their right foot. You look at those old swings. It's played, the ball is played way back in the stance. They bring it way inside. They swing way out to the right. They turn their hands over. Low hook, low hook, low hook. Not only because of the hard ground, but also because of the wind. It stays under the wind. And they had some great course designers, you know, the cows. The cows would design the bunkers, and uh, or was it sheep? No, it was sheep. <laughs> but, uh, but that's it, low hook, low hook, low hook, low hook. But when it's green, when it's soft, you know, my son Jeff, who's playing in the Jacksonville Amateur today after two round, one round to go, he's in fifth place. But I caddied for him at, in the uh, 2007 U.S. Open at Oakmont. Five over, Cabrera, five over, won that tournament. It poured on Wednesday night. Poured. And I predicted, Tiger said it was the toughest course he ever played. I predicted if it didn't rain, 10 over would have won it. Wow. Unbelievable how firm that course was. So for my listeners who, whether they get the chance to go over and play golf across the pond or even here, uh, many times I'd, I'd say, you know, mid mid handicappers aren't sure Jay, hey, let's face it even sometimes single digits, we single digits we don't know what shot necessarily to play, but I've always heard if you can keep it on the ground, keep it on the ground, don't try to throw those darts, you know, don't try to be a a superhero play the safe and sensible shot but the reason that that's true, keep it on the ground, the number one fundamental, the number one most important fundamental in golf, from a one-inch putt to a 300-yard drive, is to hit the ball solid. Now, to hit the ball solid, if you're going to play the ball off your, in line with your left foot or in line with your right foot, it's much easier to hit the ball solid when it's towards the back of your stance or when it's towards your right foot. Even Johnny Miller. You know, he got that Bobby Jones Award this year before the U.S. Open, and they were talking about it. And he said that he learned something very interesting that helped him a lot from Lee Trevino. And Trevino said, under pressure, hit the ball lower because it's just easier to make solid contact. And Miller said that helped him win some tournaments, trying to keep it lower. You know, you see that a lot at Augusta, uh, also a lot at the British Open, the guys will take the flat stick out because it just eliminates a lot of error in certain situations. Even you off, mean from off the green. From, off, from the green, off the green, yes. Putting, putting yes. off the green. Oh, definitely. When uh, Keimer won the, uh, the U.S. Open at uh, Pinehurst, I was also caddying and coaching at that, and I was sort of close to it. He was putting from 40 feet off the green like every time. 30 feet off the green because it was so firm. The grass was so short. Oh, that's that's another shot. And a chipper. I think a chipper is the greatest club never used in the world of golf. People don't use a chipper. They think it's illegal because many years ago there was a two-sided chipper. And they didn't even make that illegal. They just said it has to count as two clubs. But a chipper and use it like you're putting, oh, my gosh. I have people improved 
100% in like 30 seconds. All right. Chipper, for, for, the greatest club never used. Explain what a chipper is. It, it's basically a putter with the loft of a six iron, and you hit it just like a, like a putter, a chipper. I like that. But in terms of the bunkers, you know, one of the things that these courses, the pot bunkers, and I think that there's something, there's something wrong with having these pot bunkers out there. It almost becomes a video game, you know. Oh, you hit a great shot. Oh, it would... It, it went into the pot bunker in the fairway or this or that. You know, they're in unusual places. And, and a lot of times, you know, those are the sheep. They would, they would stand there, and, you know, when it was windy, they would dig a hole with their feet and everything. They would block the wind, and especially, definitely at St. Andrews. You know, that's where a lot of those bunkers came into play, those pot bunkers. Originated, yes. But, but one of the things that I think a lot of people, the average golfer, would have a lot of trouble with is getting a lot of immediate height on a on a um, bunker shot. Uh, yeah, on a bunker shot. You know, we just have to get it right over that lip really quick. And basically, how do you do that, Jay? How do you do it? A, it's a super lob shot. You know, you have to start out. Remember, in a bunker, the the club doesn't hit the ball; the club hits the sand. So, the question is, how do you make the sand? Before the ball, how do you make the sand go up in the air, up in the air, super up in the air? Well, you have to start with a super open club face and then hit it, you know, maybe two, three inches behind the ball with the club head going up, up. You want to scoop that sand under the ball going up with a total open club face. And it's something that basically no one ever practices, so, you, you know, you can't do it. And... And you have to hit two, three inches behind the ball with a totally open club face, with the club face going upward. Uh, because you want the sand to go up, because you want the sand to hit the ball, and you want the sand to be going up when it hits the ball. And that's basically how. We, we see many of the pros do that, Jay, even in their, uh, you know, their practice swing, what, they, what they're imagining, hanging on, holding on, if you will, to, to keep that club face open through the swing? Well, actually, you, you don't hold on as much on this. You know, you want to flip your hands up a little bit, actually. But, but one thing for sure, you want that club face facing the sky when it's hitting that sand and possibly even going upward a little bit because, you know, you get up against, uh, did I see... Was it McElroy or someone who, who left it in the sand and then he had to hit it on one knee? And, yeah, he looked, he looked like a professional yoga instructor. Yes, like you. <laughs> so in that situation, Jay, do you do you go to something like a lob wedge? or do you Well, yeah, the more loft the better, a lob wedge or a sand wedge, but you better open it up to the sky, that's for sure. And... Uh, and a lot of times they'll hit it sideways, even right in front, you know. They'll aim 60 feet to the right of the hole because then they don't have to get the ball up immediately. You know, it's really hard to do. But you open it up, you hit behind the ball, and you swing up and make that sand be going up when it comes into the ball. And that's, that's how you get it as high as you could. How about hitting through long grass? fescue as we call it over across the pond but you know there are a number of courses over here where golfers face that and uh you know talk a little bit about how you make that decision based on the lie 
based on, you know, how thick it is? Just give my, my listeners a tip on that. Well, basically, uh, once again, the more solid you can hit the ball, the better. And if you have, if your club is going level to the ground two or three feet before the ball, there's going to be so much grass between the ball, the, the swing, uh, hitting the grass and the ball. The club is going through two or three feet of grass. It's going to slow it down. It's going to turn the club face over, and you're probably going to hit it short and way left. That's why from the rough, deep rough, any rough, you know, some rough is deeper than others. Some of it is three feet deep, whatever. But basically, your backswing, you want to pick up the club to the sky, and you want to chop. Pick it up and chop. And even open up the club face of the dress. Open the club face, pick it up, and chop. And that's it. Because if you pick it up really quickly, it's going to come down a lot more vertically. It's not going to hit as much grass behind the ball. And that's what you want to try to do because the grass slows it down so much. In that case, do you go a higher loft or lower? I would say... Uh, like if you were, you know, be, let's say you were going to hit a five iron. Right, yeah. Or... Let's say, I'd say a seven iron is good in general. But if you open it up, I used to, like, a, the, this one time I was playing in a tournament. It was the only fairway I missed in, like, 20 years. And I was in this high rough. And I'm, I think I'm so funny, you know that. But uh, I took forward. I opened up the club face. I picked it straight up and chopped down on the ball. And it went 150 yards and relatively straight. So you could even do it with, uh, I like, you know, I don't mind these metal woods, you know. You, but you open it up and you chop. All right. Well, those are some great tips, Jay Golden. And before I let you go, it's moving day. And uh, Brian Harmon just bogeyed the first hole. Believe it or not, that makes John Rom three shots out of the lead. I think we're going to see a big change on the leaderboard today. Who's your pick tomorrow? Light horse Harry Cooper. Even though he, he passed away, he's in, he's in the Golf Hall of Fame, the greatest <laughs> player never to win a major. He passed away about 30 years ago. I was friendly with him. and. But I never know. If you ever want to know, if you ever want to get my opinion who's going to win, just say, Jay, who do you think has no chance of winning? I've picked so many winners that way. I thought this guy has no, how do you even get in this tournament? And then he wins. I have no clue. Yeah, we're all sort of throwing throwing darts blindly because uh, this uh, this leaderboard is moving all over the place. And if we get a little weather on Sunday... Uh, which, you know, so far the players have locked out, Jay, but we're going to be on the edge of our seats watching this thing finish. Well, let me also say one of the worst rules in golf is our tee times, that you can tee off at 7 a.m., especially in these British Opens. You tee off at 7 a.m. in perfect weather. You tee off at 2 p.m. with 30-mile-an-hour winds, and it's raining. Something, I, I don't know, subtract strokes from their score or something. or It's just, it's, it's a difference of five strokes. It is crazy. Like when I was competing uh, in the long drive contests, whatever, there was a time when 
when it would be the people teeing off at 9 a.m. and some people teeing off at 2 a.m. At, at 2 p.m. 9 a.m. the wind is 30 yards behind you. 2 p.m. the wind is 30 30 miles an hour in your face. No chance. So then they decided to make groups so that everyone is hitting comparatively in the same conditions. I don't know what could be done about it. Maybe have a a, a shotgun. I don't want to give the live uh, too much credit here, but it. It is crazy different with the conditions. You've seen it many times where... Luck of the draw, right, Jay? Luck of the draw. And it's not fair. It's not fair. That's my opinion. But I am rooting for Jeff Golden today, who's playing in a Jacksonville amateur. He's, He's in fifth place, about four strokes behind. He's three under par. So that's who I'm really rooting for. All right. Go, Jeff. And, uh, Jay, if anyone wants to get in touch with you to have a lesson, whether it's online or in person, how can my listeners do that? Well, you know, first of all, I've said it many times, I'm the world's greatest teacher. I know that because when I give a lesson, that person never comes back. But if they go to jgolden, jgoldenpga at gmail.com, jgoldenpga at gmail.com, send me a text. But I teach at Winter Pines Golf Course. In, in beautiful Orlando. And I'd like to I'd like to meet my next student. And if you want to also have a good time during a golf lesson, I guarantee you'll not only improve, but you're gonna have a good time doing it. Jay Golden right, Master PGA Professional, always great to spend time with you on the Golf Insiders. Thanks, Thanks so much.